and uh, a new director of ministry. I want Clark and Natalie. Are you in here? Where are they? Okay. So one of the questions I was posed is, how are Clark and Natalie doing in this transition? So I may even move down. Does this work here on the floor? Uh, does that, what does that do to me? Yeah, yeah, I know it is. I like the stand, John. I'm, I'm having a good experience right now. Okay. So how are Clark and Natalie? We're doing great. Um, we, I think Antioch Brighton, that you guys need to write a book on how to roll out the red carpet for new families, new staff. I mean, we, um, the way you guys received us, I hadn't even, I had never even heard of people being received that way. Like, I didn't even know that that kind of thing happened. But the way that we were received by you guys, um, everything from helping us, you know, Nick is certainly leading a, a group of people to, to get my U-Haul unloaded in an hour and a half. Uh, the group of, of people, uh, ladies who came over the next morning and were unpacking my stuff and putting it and filling the pantry. And we had, and then there was like a care calendar. I mean, it was amazing. The amount of honor that we experienced from you guys was pretty much the same measure of honor we felt when we left Austin from people that we knew for 20 years plus. And so we are still like, wow. And that's continued. It's even, you know, like after being here for a couple of weeks, it's not like you guys said, okay, enough of that. I mean, we still just feel so, it's been, it's been incredible transition. Uh, there's so much more I could say. Living next to the Goods has been amazing for our family. Um, Natalie, you want to say anything? Yeah. Um, I have nothing really to say other than we're just so happy to be here. And, and like Clark said, just feel so loved. <laughs> just so loved in this transition by God and you all. And that really means a lot to me. Um, so leaving Austin, you know, I could have done without you know, the restaurants and the fun things to do. But for me, it was, it was leaving my family and friends. And God has provided for us here through you guys. And I'm um, so thankful for that. So thank you for loving us and our kids and um, just welcoming us to your life and community. And it's really made a huge impact on us. So thank you. It did it automatically, huh? John was throwing cooties on it over there. What are you doing, John? Okay. Uh, I have another bullet point. Increased partnership across ACC Greater Boston. So that is what we've been doing is asking the question, what does it take to plant church number four? And that means understanding of children's ministry. How does that transfer to the next location? Everything we're doing. So we're writing playbooks related to young adults, college, children, uh, life groups, discipleship, and uh, getting not, not all the rules, but if we were to bring a new leader in and say, here's what we're doing then so that you can run with this. That's where we put a lot of energy into. And uh, so that means our, our different leaders, Phil and Bree and, and Alyssa, have been writing a great amount in, in, uh, in processing that. 
primarily with Charlie Halley, for those of you that know Charlie. We've created a residency program, and I'm going to talk about that in uh, uh, a little bit. And that's, it's, it's actually uh, been around for almost two years now, but, but uh, the progression of that is, is part of what we're celebrating that happened last year. Now, in uh, celebrating here, and we're looking back the last year, or uh, over the course of everything that's happened up to date, we are, we're delighted in, uh, in the ministry that uh, Alyssa has, has been leading out. I can see I actually have a more updated copy of this slideshow, so I am editing as we speak right now. Uh-oh. And, uh, but with our children's ministry, it's growing, it's growing. You guys have done a great job of producing babies, and... Uh, and we've had new families coming in, and the, the quality of life of your servant in this area, uh, we're encouraged by. We have more freshmen. Uh, I think the biggest bunch of new freshmen that we've ever had coming into the, the, the life of the church and the ministry there, and student leadership emerging. Um, uh, Phil and uh, Leslie's aunt passed away the last couple of days, so Phil and Leslie are not here in the room, or I would be referencing them on a couple of different things, but there's uh, the leadership team that's with them, and uh, I, so I do not know what Phil meant by staff prioritization, but uh, I'm sure it's wonderful, and uh, family life group is uh, taking a new step forward this fall as we've dealt with each one of us growing in new seasons of our life, and how do we work with children and see this, this peer relationship happen with our families. So equipping staff transitions. Uh, Trisha is getting married. She's moved uh, to a new church. And uh, Saranya is leading out in that ministry. The Wittemeyers are moving Boo to Saskatoon. And uh, Maddie is stepping out of prayer ministry. So uh, each one of these things are healthy aspects of what's happening in people's lives. But, uh, and, and we have other people emerging. We're in transition to these different roles. The equipping staff are people that are not paid, but are investing a significant and exceptional amount of volunteer hours, some weeks up to 15 hours a week, uh, in what they're doing and serving the life of our church. So awesome. They meet monthly with our staff, and so excited, honor. We'll, we'll do some other things to, to thank the Wittemeyers for the relationship we've had with them. You're amazing. Uh, in missions, just briefly, Rosie moving to Cambodia was a big deal. And Linda, what's that next line? So we got Gigi Gold happening on Wednesday night. So uh, anyway, we've we've had. I I really do see Gigi as a minister going out from our our congregation. God has given her a tremendous platform in different areas. So continue your prayers for her. Now looking forward, what I as we talk about vision, it's it's uh, something. I'll, I've been through so many five-year plans over the course of my life. I've been through so many hope-so dreams and visions. I'm not going to tell you we're going to do this or that next year. What I, what I want you to feel 
is that I believe as we go deeper into people's lives and you mature, you're going to have a great impact. That's why we're doing uh, the whole series on holiness is a life message for me. And that, that as God is transforming you, you become a more powerful minister of the gospel. We've been stepping into uh, purity groups. There's a book called Pure Desire, writ- written by a man named Ted Roberts. And uh, I won't ask you to lift your hands, but they're very intense, vulnerable, honest groups that are happening. And we want more people to be involved. And what, what we, we, we've said is, what is the biggest impact that we can make on the Boston culture in walking with Jesus? And I believe it is our war against pornography, a war against the perversion in our culture, by, not by us pointing fingers, but by us becoming more humble and, and being more honest and confessing our sin in deeper ways. So that's, that's where we're going. The, the dunamis groups you've heard about, Dorothy Greco and her husband Christopher are the ones that are leading out in that. And it's just something I'm, I'm very excited about. Um, we're continuing to grow in children's ministry. I have a friend that lives in Southeast Asia that works and is focusing on the 414 window. And everything that he's doing is about winning the church kids, impacting the generation, the, the next generation believers that are emerging. And he's doing this all over Southeast Asia. And so I believe there's more for us in discipling and in training and impacting our children up through high school. And uh, uh, another thing, just looking forward, this experience that the, the students had with Mar Azul in Puerto Rico was really powerful. Twice the number of students we've ever taken on a spring break. And, uh, and the, the wave of feedback coming from that experience, just very encouraging. This is an amazing church. Everything from the pastor was a professional comedian and a, a public radio figure to a church that is, was involved with the restoration after the hurricane. It was one of the first in, entities recognized by FEMA, a local church in Puerto Rico that's is involved in that, and they're planting churches. So we are continuing to think, this is, this is cool. We want to build a relationship. Actually, we want to build a relationship with ministries that are not 12 time zones away. We want to be there. We want to be impacted. But, Lord, is there a place we can get a nonstop flight and be involved in ministry with a a church that's a partner with us that we can see impact? So that's exciting. I want to emphasize, we're looking forward and uh, pull a word from Joe Ewan out of the past. He said, if we want to have our vision enlarged, we must be enlarged first. So that's, that's my mode of operation. It's God grow us, make us bigger. We're not about, I'm not against big churches, but I'm, I am saying we're not about all of our imaginations. We just want to be a big church. We're about making people big. We want big people. Um, in the last month or so, I've had a couple of interactions with the principal here at Edison Elementary. The amount that the school system is carrying in our society is scary, overwhelming. 
And so we are talking and praying about different ways that we can partner and support them. When I ask her, what's your biggest challenge? She says, mental health issues. She said, the, the apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree. We have students that have nothing. And on Fridays are in total fear of not eating for the next two days. And so uh, this school made the news. They have, they're putting food packages together and giving to kids on Friday nights. And sometimes they take those packages home and share with them. Sometimes they hide them. She just told me about different interactions with parents. I hope you got the food package. What? The kids were... So, anyway. Um, uh, now, we want to get a little bit of a financial update. So, Michael, talk to us. Here's this little button. All right. So, as Mark did, I'll try to fly through this pretty quickly, and we're happy to take questions at the end. But really, before I do that, I do want to give a shout-out to John Clark. So he manages all this, um, not only for our congregation, but for Antioch, Greater Boston, for the three churches in our local area. And so this is kudos to John, and I'm up here sharing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so looking back on 2017, I think it was uh, a real testament to God's faithfulness to our church and to to our congregation's obedience and uh, what God's called us to. We had an awesome series, For the Love, uh, talking about financial faithfulness and having an abundant life um, as individuals and as a community. So thank you for stepping forward in that. And some of the fruit of that is uh, we actually surpassed our budget um, from last year. So we had set a budget of 490 and uh, landed at the end of the year on 515. Um, so we were able to use uh, some of that surplus to bring Clark on staff as director of ministry, also to uh, give each of our staff members uh, a one-time modest uh, increase, and, um, and then to pay some of that forward in investing in the growth we're experiencing from ministries and staff uh, moving into 2018. Uh, additionally, funding some ads on Google. This is a necessary part of the church at this point. I, I know when I meet visitors, it's often, how did you find us? Oh, the website, right? And so we've actually made some investments in increasing our priority in Google searches in the local area. And so uh, that's funneling people into us that are seeking um, a church. And so uh, also, as we are part of our larger church movement in the area, we're able to increase our giving into ACC Greater Boston as our local congregation uh, giving increases, and that supports overseas workers, centralized staff, all the kinds of things that Mark was highlighting in his earlier slides. This is very hard to see, and I worried that would be the case. So the graph may be difficult to see, but you can see on the left the table as well. And really just uh, wanted to highlight again the, the faithfulness that this congregation is showing. And as we're growing in numbers, uh, we're also growing in giving and growing in obedience to the Lord. And, um, and so that's, uh, that's a real testament of us walking out um, these disciplines that we have as a body. So again, looking year over year for 2017, 2018, this is a breakdown for those who are, are more into the weeds, and we're happy to unpack this more in individual conversations or in the Q&A at the end if you have um, uh, additional questions. 
uh, but really just wants you to have a sense for as you give your tithes and offerings to this local congregation, where does it go? And so this is the pie chart view of where the money has gone in 2017 and where it's dedicated toward in 2018. And each of these percentages, we really try to fall into guidance that, uh, that growing non-denominational churches use. Um, and so we are falling within those, uh, those guidances. So again, uh, a few more pieces as we look forward to through 2018. You may have picked this up in a previous slide, but we've started with a 2018 budget that is the, the equivalent to where we landed in 2017. So we're operating on a, on a 2018 budget of $515,000. Um, we've actually been growing at a higher rate than that. Um, and, you know, praise God, to this point, we are, we are on, uh, on target for that at last count. Uh, but we did want to take a conservative approach, make sure we're living within our means, um, and then to see how God blows our expectations as we move along. Um, so as he does that, um, what we want to do is continue to um, enhance our staff salaries, not in an extravagant way, but each of our staff members is really laying down their lives um, to, to serve here in this local movement. Um, we do fix salaries based off of a teacher salary scale. However, you may pretty quickly realize teachers get paid for 10 months and uh, do probably 20 months worth of work in that 10 months, but they get paid for 10 months. We don't annualize staff salaries. And even with that guidance, we're not quite hitting on that target. So we're at about 70 to 80% of that target at this point. So we'd like to be able to, uh, to bless our staff um, as we continue to move forward. So with that, I'll pass it off to Ronnie. He can share a little bit more on what Mark already touched on earlier. So a scary statistic is that within average church populations, 70% of men deal with sexual addiction. 30% of women deal with sexual addiction. It's mind-blowing. Like, oh, my goodness. That is scary. So we want to be a church that's addressing this thing that's so hidden. We're trying to bring it out into the open a little bit more. And so a few ways we are doing that are through these dunamis groups. Um, The Grecos are leading those. That is dealing with uh, a broad range of addictions um, and health issues. And so we've run one of those. There's another one scheduled and the, if we see that getting traction, more and more, more and more of those will be run. Why we're bringing it up here today is to make the body aware that, hey, we, we want to start resourcing the body to say, hey, if you're dealing with any of this stuff and you want to jump in or you know somebody, we, we want to provide things that people can jump into and find abundant life. Sexual purity groups... So Phil has done an awesome job. He was going to go through this, you know, amazingly produced slide. But he's not here. Um, Phil has done a great job saying, I want to see people walk in freedom. And so we've, uh, he's been running a, a group for a group of men walking, walking that walk to walk in freedom. We've started another um, 10-week group, which is called the Conquer Series, and that's going really well. Um, 
we're hoping that out of this initial group that um, some more will be started. And so if you're a man and saying, I want to I deal with this in my life, then you can talk to me or any of the staff, and we will, we'd love to talk to you about that. Um, a woman's group has started and is running. I think this, they're in their, the, they just started, and they're going through it th- for the first time. So again, we want to make you aware that we are wanting to address these things because it is a powerful need, or it's a big need in the Boston area, and we want to say we're, we're going to take it head on. For the women's group. Kendra. So we're going to um, now ask Jen Odama to come on up here and uh, talk to us a little bit about the residency program. So if you don't know me, I'm employed part-time by Antioch, New England, and so what that means is that I work basically for our three local congregations. I support John Clark in our business operations and human resources, and I work with Mark in our international staff hiring and support processes. And I've also been able to support the residency program, which is something we started two years ago, and it's basically an opportunity for people who are saying, hmm, I think maybe I want to try out ministry as a career to do that in like a a safe, supported way. So rather than being like, great, go for it and jump in the deep end, we kind of give like a transitional way that people can try that out. So for the people we've had so far, that's looked like part-time employment in a specific area in one of our congregations, working under a staff mentor. So it kind of looks like identifying like, I want to support this staff person. And then that staff person says, I'm going to oversee this individual and mentor them. And they support raise to fund their hours in ministry. And then usually they've had a part-time job that they do outside of that as well. And then we meet together as a group once a month to just kind of talk about what does it look like to be a new person in ministry? What are kind of some of the challenges that come up in that line of work that maybe people haven't dealt with before? Um, So within the Antioch Brighton congregation, we've had Christian Schmutz doing that for the past two years within our worship um, ministry. We've had Leah Brown doing that within college, and she's been transitioning more to a worship prayer focus this year. And Acacia Hammond has been doing that, working with Leslie and Phil Masterson, supporting our training schools and doing a little bit of work with me, supporting our international staff. So we're currently in the time where we're receiving applications for people who want to do that for this next year. So if that's you or someone else you know, you can talk to me. Okay. Um, just explaining a little bit about Sunday mornings, what's happening, is uh, we have a desire, a heart for a team approach. So I'm speaking, I was looking at the calendar, I'm speaking about 50% of the time. And the goal, and when I meet with pastors, I say, you're not discipling enough. You're spending too much time developing sermons. You need to be investing in people's lives one-on-one. And so that's my motivation. Another motivation I have is to grow other people in ministry. I want to grow a deep bench in everything that we're doing. That's where Christian leading worship at Waltham this morning 
is another extension of we are, we are strong. We're not just thin, like, oh, no, who's going to speak or who's going to lead worship? Who's going to do this? We want to have a deep bench. It also is something that is important to me is that uh, the, a congregation needs to hear from all five-fold ministry. You don't just need to one, – one person's gift on a regular basis is not enough. We need apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher to get a full equipping in the life of the church. So that's, that's my value and how we're functioning as far as what's happening on Sunday morning. Our next, next Sunday is one of my favorite of the year, and to me it's, it's the annual Jesus is Coming Back sermon. And uh, just like he came in in Jerusalem, it was awesome. That was a foretaste of what's happening to us. He's coming. There is a Messiah that's coming. And then Brian Marcioni is going to be teaching out of the book of Leviticus. And, and what he says is, I, I keep asking him, are you all about the Old Testament? He said, I'm about bringing the full breadth of the Word of God. And so I'm saying, yes, Lord, thank you so much for the strength that's there. Um, uh, so I'm excited about the future. I am so encouraged by the encouragement that I receive of what's happening in the life of our church the potential impact of what's happening in our relationship with Edison. The, I could talk about things that we were, we were praying about related to the house of prayer, of seeing more worship and intercession growing through us in the city. And then children's ministry growing. And this I, I've already talked about, the, that our, our desire is to have a, a growing pipeline of leaders that are emerging here. Now, um, what we want to do right now is, unfortunately, we've got to get out of the building pretty quickly. So, if you have a question, I'd like you to come on up here, and uh, this is, we'll take a couple of questions right now, but we are, anyway, Okay. Wisdom shouts aloud from the top of the street. Okay. For everybody in this room. Amen. 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 So, the, the... we are an apostolically driven church, so everything we do is leveraged, and that's how we're, uh, this is how our salaries are. Like, if we can, we, can, we can release more people into ministry, that's what we want to do. And so, I understand the stretch in some ways, but it's like, grow or die is, is how we position ourselves. And, uh, but thank you. And Ron could preach on this, but I'm afraid he preached too much. Another question. Thank you for the encouragement. I think I just shut everybody down with my comments. <laughs> so, um, so we want to have. Are you moving, Michael? Yeah.
How close are we to a fourth congregation planting? We have people interested in planting a fourth church. And, uh, but we're trying to do that in a way that the last time we planted a church, it was a very difficult process. And so most, much of what we've talked about over the last few years is getting into a place where we do that right. And so part of the hesitation I have is because I know all of the conversations that need to happen before we say, boom, ta-da, want to be completely solid before we communicate that. So, so I just say the conversations are happening right now. The, um, so on our facilities, the Boston Public School has budgeted money to renovate the auditorium upstairs and put in flexible seating. If that happens, we can move upstairs and we don't put up chairs or a stage every Sunday. So, but that's a very, very complicated conversation for them. I'm, and I've, I've been talking with them about it for the last year. And we think it's going to be this summer. Well, it's going to happen over the Christmas holidays. This summer, to do it this summer, they said they needed to hear in February. They did not hear in February. So uh, another aspect of that is we're praying about is possibly changing our orientation in this direction like it was 10 years ago. And that would give a, an amount of interaction that's it's just a, it's different. That, so we're, we're praying about that and having that discussion right now. Okay, we, we need to go. If you can help us pack up these chairs, pack up the stage, and if you have a question, please come on up here and talk right now. John, a couple of staff members will join me. The elders, come around me.